Hello, everyone. I'm Jacob Chastain, host of the Teach Me Teacher podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. The holidays are on their way, and they can be a particularly stressful time of year if you don't have a plan. Well, have I got a solution for you? Join my friend Lynn with ConnectFlow Grow and her launch of Stress Less Holidays. Through this live Zoom webinar, Lynn will teach you how to evaluate your stress and develop a plan to reduce it. This is an abbreviated version of her 21-day Stress Less Challenge to give you the best tools in the shortest time frame. A less stress holiday is priceless. Your investment of $17 per person or $2,500 flat rate per organization is the first step towards taking control of holiday stress. Learn more about Stressless Holidays and join by going to my website, stephenmiletocom slash sponsors, click on the ConnectFlow Grow logo, and the link will take you to where you can find out more information and sign up. Time for you to stress less during the holidays. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmiletto.com sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Emily Bernath about her newest book, Broken Lenses, Volume 2, Seeing Others' Value in a World of Division. Emily is a rape survivor who is a sexual assault victim advocate. She's also an author and a speaker. So much to learn today. Thanks for listening. And uh, by the way, it would be awesome if you went to my website, stephenmiletto.com slash reviews and left a review for the podcast. Could you do that? Thanks so much. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours. You are listening to Teaching Learning Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Emily Bernath, a rape survivor, is a sexual assault victim advocate, author, and speaker. Her first published book was Broken Lenses, Identifying Your Truths in a World of Lies. Bernath's newest book is Broken Lenses, Volume 2, Seeing Others' Value in a World of Division. Emily, who completed a 40-hour sexual assault counselor training course provided by UCASA, serves as an active board member with the nonprofit Reveal to Heal International. 
She offers support, counseling, and advocacy for sexual assault victims. She has participated in and spoken at numerous events and fundraisers in support of such victims with the Rape Recovery Center and the Walk of No Shame. She attends a non-denominational church, K2, the church, and has a passion for reaching out to women and guiding them to living out an identity rooted in truth. She has spoken to and shared this passion with hundreds of people belonging to various faiths. She serves as a mentor to the next generation in youth ministry and speaks at numerous events in the Salt Lake Valley. She has also shared her passions through humanitarian work in Eswatini, Africa. Bernath earned her master's in business administration from the University of Utah, David Eccles School of Business in 2016. She earned her bachelor of science in chemistry from the University of Toledo in 2014. She resides in Salt Lake City, Utah. For more information, please consult emilybernathauthor.com. Emily, welcome to my show and thanks for being here today. Say hi to everyone. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. Emily, I read your bio that you serve as an active board member with a nonprofit, Reveal to Heal International. Could you tell us about this organization? Yeah, so the mission of Reveal to Heal is uh, we can't heal what we don't reveal. Um, And really, you know, in advocacy work, you know, there is definitely an emotional impact of abuse. There's a a physical impact. Um, But one thing that I feel doesn't get addressed enough is the spiritual impact that abuse has on someone. Um, You know, even just looking at the definition of faith um, being complete trust, um, most abuse um, victims are abused by someone that they previously knew well or trusted. And, you know, as a, you know, a result of that is, you know, what do I have faith in anymore? And so there's definitely a spiritual impact of abuse um, and, you know, Revealed to Heal is dedicated to preventing all forms of child sexual abuse and helping survivors heal in that, you know, embolden survivors in their pursuit of healing and restoration. So. Gotcha. Thanks for Thanks for sharing. We're going to move forward into this, but you, you have uh, um, quite a bit that you focus on in trying to help people here. And, you know, and let's talk about this because you have your two books. Uh, why did you write your two books, Broken Lenses, Identifying Your Truths in a World of Lies, and your newest book, Broken Lenses, Volume 2, Seeing Others' Value in a World of Division? Yeah, well, my writing journey really started from wanting to lead a a small group at the church I go to, Um, and my passion for women's ministry does come from being a survivor of sexual assault myself. Um, You know, after that had happened, I I wanted some sort of woman mentor to turn to, and I didn't really have that figure in my life. It's not something I really invested in beforehand, and um, so after I did find it and got reintroduced and to a community and going to church um, and seeing the value that it brought to me. It was my commitment to be someone that uh, does that for other people. So that's kind of where the desire started. I didn't really know it was going to turn into writing books, but uh, the Lord works in funny ways. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I, I realized that if I, you know, wanted to lead a group that, you know, I had a message that I wanted people to know and that if, I wanted them to know it. I needed to start writing it. So I started writing. Excellent. Um, and the theme really of the books um, comes in John eight thirty two that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Um, personally, I'm, uh, I, I highly value the truth and I'm kind of a blunt person. Like you want to hear uh, the truth? <laughs> Ask for it, I guess. Right. Uh, no. Um, so yeah, I, I highly value the truth and the freedom that comes from knowing that. And I want people to have that same freedom that I have found as well. So that's kind of where it comes from. <laughs> Excellent. Th- thanks. You know, and, and, and just as a note, like you, you noted, you, I mean, you were raped in college. And how did you start down the road to recovery? I mean, you could have withdrawn and grew to hate the world. 
I mean, how do you not hate the world? Um, to be quite honest, I, I hated myself more than I hated the world. Um, and I knew inherently that what had happened to me wasn't my fault. Um, but the world didn't give me much to back up that belief, I guess. Um, you know, uh, so initially, um, my road to recovery was actually getting farther away from the recovery. You know, I, I had lived the party life in college. And so I just kept living that life because I really just wanted any, I would do anything that I could to get that memory out of my mind. And the only way I knew how originally was drinking. So that's what I did. Um, and it wasn't until about five or six months after it happened that, you know, um, I was reintroduced and, and met a woman in one of my classes who brought me back into church and a small group and, so, yeah, um, that road to recovery initially looked like, you know, um, more hate than it did love <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying having to redefine, you know, what loving myself looked like again, because, you know, in my mind, I wasn't the same person that I was before that had happened. And so I had to relearn how to, to love Emily again. Um, and that didn't come overnight, but it definitely, you know, through a community of people who saw me as God saw me, um, that, you know, it, that's where it started. And that's really the heart behind broken lenses. Volume two is how do I see others as God sees them as, you know, belonging as worthy as accepted as loved, um, you know, as God calls us to love, love others. Right. <laughs> And sometimes those others don't know how to love themselves. And so when we do love others, that's extremely powerful. I, I got to ask, I mean, how, was it difficult for you to actually listen to the uh, other woman that uh, tried to help pull you back out of the world of the, the drinking and the parties? Like you said, you kind of put yourself back in there. Was it hard to listen to someone tell you that? Or I mean, did it just kind of feel like the right thing to, to do and you moved on? Um, I would say it was hard to give up that lifestyle because it was what was like providing me relief so to say like I definitely went through a phase of like god you need to prove that you're more worth it than than the alcohol right, right. um but as far as like hard to believe them like I wouldn't say hard because I wanted to believe them like I wanted to see myself in the way that they saw me and so um yeah I wouldn't say it was necessarily easy to do that, but it, I wanted it enough that I was going to pursue it and find out how I could. Gotcha. I, I was one. I was kind of wondering if maybe there's a little, you know, if there's any anger towards the person who's trying to tell you that, you know, hey, you need to be going down a different path than what you've chosen to go down. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really their approach. It was more like, you know, welcoming me into their community and seeing me as a valued member of society. And it wasn't like, you need to get your act together, Emily, what are you doing? It's, you know, they're going to meet me where I'm at and walk through it with me. Right. Gotcha. So there's definitely a difference there. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for explaining that. I mean, what, in thinking about this and what you went through and as you're getting to this road to recovery, what, what thoughts do you have for others about being able to overcome tragedy, loss, trauma? I mean, what, I mean, what, what, any ideas like that? I mean, because I think what you said is easy to fall back into if that was your your world to kind of use the alcohol or something else to make things try and go away. Yeah, it's, and definitely like telling someone to just get over it <laughs> is not the right course of action. I don't recommend that because, I mean, honestly, 
and even the Bible says too, like we're guaranteed to have suffering in this world. Like, um, you know, this world isn't perfect and bad things happen. Um, but it also says that, you know, God can bring us through all things, you know, we can do all things through his strength. Um, and so, um, I guess just, you know, recognizing that, yes, um, I wasn't where I wanted to be right then in my life, but also, um, that didn't change the fact that I was loved and that didn't change the fact that I had a purpose, that there's a reason that I'm here. Um, and you know, those are things that the world can never take away from us. The world has no power to take away our value or our worth or our purpose and none of that. Um, and so while it might not always be easy, like there is always, you know, a bigger purpose at hand, right? Like, right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, you know what? One of the things before we go any further, you're, your second book is written a little, it has a format a little bit more like a workbook. You want to talk yeah, a little bit about both that? Of them do. You want to talk about that style and what you, why you decided to go that way with the books? Well, I do like to make people think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. I'm a researcher at heart, my chemistry degree. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, each of these things, they do apply to our lives, but they apply in their unique aspect, you know? So for me, being able to see my worth, I have to overcome different obstacles than you would, or than the, you know, the person on the street would. And so while these, while these concepts do apply universally to us, how they apply to our specific, you know, lives looks different. And so giving people space to explore that, um, definitely. And, and like I said, I did originally write them for a small group aspect. So part of it is like, you know, talking points and being able to discuss as a group, like in, in learning and growing together. Um, so there's that as well, but also I, I think it's more powerful when we, um, figure these things out, like, um, when I, versus me just telling you how to live your life. <laughs> right. Right, right. It's a lot, a lot more powerful, um, when we, you know, go through the healing, um, be it painful at times. Yes. But, um, definitely. Yeah. I think there's a lot more lasting power in that versus just someone telling you how to live your life. Cause I know I'm not very receptive of that. You can ask my, my parents, they'd probably tell you that too. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that effort usually doesn't work well. Um, no. um <laughs> it did from a, you know, I am a father. And so I can, uh, and the, the ages that they're at that, you know, that when they're little, yeah, they're older. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> the, uh, so yeah, most definitely. So, so your, your books are about, you know, you're, you're helping people deal with thoughts and questions about, uh, different aspects of everything from getting along to, you know, overcoming troubles and such that, yeah, uh, let's, let's talk about this. This is, this comes from some of your questions. I mean, how do you help others feel connected in this divisive world? I mean, because I don't think there's a whole lot of, you know, people feeling good about uh, standing around and, you know, and, and singing songs together right now. Right. Um, <laughs> you're right. And uh, I mean, honestly, when we boil it down, it's like 
we we want unity. We want to be connected. We want to be seen, right? These are all things that we want, yet for some reason we just struggle with showing them to other people. <laughs> I'm not sure where that uh, division comes into play, right? It's like, all right, I want people to see me this way, but when it comes to seeing other people the way I want to be seen, there's a breakdown. Um, big and that, time. <laughs> what? Yeah. Big, big time, yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what, and I ask these questions a lot, like, what are we trying to gain from purposefully acting in a way that causes division in this world? Like none of us want to be divided. So what are we actually gaining from these behaviors? I still don't know the answer to that question. And so <laughs> if you know, please tell me, but that's I wish I you know, did. really right. You're right. Like, you know, it's, it, it's one of the first truths spoken in the Bible. It's not good for man to be alone. We don't want to be alone. It's like in our DNA, right? Right. So, Except right now we're yeah. chasing everybody away from each, each other. It's like exactly. It's crazy. You know, it's funny in the um, now. This dates me quite a bit, so just bear with me. But in the in the seventies, I'll never forget this. And I and I know what they were dealing with. I mean, it was coming out. And actually, I think it, I have to look up the history of it. But it may have even started in the late sixties. I remember. Yeah, there's this famous commercial that Coca-Cola did where they gathered all these people together across this hill. And there was a song called I Want to Teach the World to Sing. And it's funny because, uh, you know, the world was pretty divisive then. And uh, that was Coca-Cola's kind of answer was to bring everyone together, you know, lots of people from all over the world together in this hillside. And uh, there was a song and they sang, sang it. And not so sure it was successful or not, but boy, that song sure stuck in my head for a long time as well. The commercial did. Uh, if you've not heard it, just um, I, like, I have not you, heard it. It, it kind of goes like this. <laughs> that was before my time. Oh, you weren't supposed to say that. No, you just say, you know, I have to check YouTube. That's the answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually not much of a YouTuber, but I know I'm the outcast in that one. <laughs> That's all right. But it, just as a note, so my, my kids would be cringing right now, but I. It kind of goes like this. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Da, 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 da. I don't remember. There's the yeah. words right now. But the point <laughs> is, is that uh, that that was a interesting attempt at the time. It's it's almost like we've got to kind of remind ourselves. We got to come back again to try to figure out how to bring us back to you know getting through this divisiveness. I mean, you know. I, anyway, I just I just <laughs> sorry. I didn't. I'm not saying that Coca Cola figured out the magic wand because obviously. <laughs> Work, but no, it was an yeah. attempt to do something like that. Um, you know, you know, one of the things that uh, you do is you use the Bible to help others overcome their distrust and hate and anger. Now, you've mentioned some of what you focus on in the Bible. So can you just share a little bit more about what you focus on to help people understand uh, and help them um, figure out how to get through this? Yeah, well, I, I will say I don't like to pretend that I, I don't expect people to understand anything about the Bible before they read my books. So, you know, all the topics that we're talking about, I start off with the definition. All right. You know, so there's a chapter on, you know, acceptance, right? So what is it, what does acceptance mean? What are we really talking about here? And then using the Bible to affirm like that we should be people that accept others. And, you know, in all of my books, I, I, write out all the verses, you know, I don't expect people to have a Bible sitting at their hand to look it up. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, for me, it's really just like affirmation or, um, you know, confirmation of, you know, this is, 
the the way we should be seeing others and um you know god sets an example at, in jesus um so how do we use his life as as an example of like how we can be people who show these same traits to others right so right. really it just use it more as like you know um evidence i guess we'll speak in my science terms the bible is the evidence to why living a lifestyle like we speak up i speak of in broken lenses volume two is worth it right um gotcha and let it let it speak for itself right um i'm not over here trying to advocate that the bible is the best book in the world because it does that for itself <laughs> gotcha right gotcha Cool. So, you know, one of the things that uh, um, you've said is you, people have a purpose that no one else on this earth was made for. It, it's my prayer for each of you that God's love and strength may fill you up and guide you in living out that purpose. Could you talk about what you mean? Yeah. I mean, nobody is here on accident, right? Um, God created each of us. Um or a reason, or I wouldn't be here right now. Like there is a, a reason that we're here at this time in this place and even talking right now. Right. Right. Um, and you know, there is absolutely an enemy of this world. And if there's one thing he wants to attack, um, it's definitely the fact that you don't belong here and that there's not a reason that you're here. And like, it would be better that you're not here. Right. Like <laughs> how, I mean, cause honestly, if we're all living in our God given purpose and, uh, design and the, you know, the one purpose that only I can fulfill in the way that I can fulfill it. Right. Like other people can do what I do, but they can't do it in the way that I do it. Right. Yeah. Um, how powerful is that? Like the enemy doesn't stand a chance when we all live in that design. Um, and so absolutely he's going to be out there to attack that, you know, that that's all made up. <laughs> um, and you know, when he successfully does that, what does it create? It creates division, right? Cause right. you know, each of our purposes, God given purposes, they link together. We're all one, one body of Christ. Um, you know, and our purposes help each other. We're here. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to serve others. Um, and so, yeah, the more that we don't live in our purpose, the more that we do see that division because we're not serving and, and living out, you know, how we're supposed to be, you know, helping and serving those around us. Got it. You know, and, and that's something that, uh, I think sometimes it's easy to, uh, forget about thinking about things like how to, how to help because there's so much that can make you angry, <laughs> not you personally, yes. but, uh. Um, uh, that we can get sucked into that, I guess. And that would be that tearing us away from our purpose sort of thing. Suddenly that becomes way more important. I mean, what can we keep going with that thought for a minute? With which the, the idea of, uh, being distracted from whatever our purpose is, things that take us away from it. Um, you know, for me, a lot of times it's like, uh, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't get angry. I definitely do. <laughs> so, um, it's more frustration of just like timing. You know, I think that's the thing a lot of us struggle with is like, I should be at a better place than I am right now. Like, all right, Emily, you're 30. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> uh, you know, if you would have asked me in high school, maybe I'd say it. I definitely wouldn't say that I would have been an author at 30. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, 
putting down our own expectations for our life and, and realizing that we don't actually know what's best for ourselves. Cause I think that's what a lot of people have this idea is that they know what's best for themselves. And to be honest, we don't, um, we, we don't know ourselves the best. God, God knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, cause he created us and, um, you know, I, yeah, I think our world has a really hard time with accepting that, that, um, that, even though our life may not look like what it's we think it's supposed to look like, that doesn't actually mean that we're doing something wrong or that, um, you know, yeah, we're doomed. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Um, yeah, that even if our life doesn't look like what we think we can still be at peace that, that God does know the best for us. And that if we keep following in that purpose, the best will come like um that god doesn't hold out on us right <laughs> right i got you but yeah it's and and, and, I, and i appreciate you talking about that a little bit more i just think sometimes that's where we get caught up in stuff like that where it's you know it's like it's, believe me yeah well it, i think that's when i get frustrated the most is when i think i know what's best for my life and i'm like god what the <laughs> heck why aren't you doing this like clearly this is not the best <laughs> solution right now <laughs> like do you not understand God? Um, so we've had that conversation a few times. I, but yeah. The, uh, the, it, I gotta, I, I gotta ask you, cause it's something I, I toyed with asking because of, uh, um, a couple of things in, in your book and things like this. I mean, does, do you think that when those questions get asked, cause lots of people have to ask, I, I can imagine, I can't imagine we're the only ones <laughs> that ask that question. Um, right. that's where people question, sometimes wonder about their faith. In what way? Have you left like, me alone? Have you forgotten me? Or. Yeah. I mean, and going back to what I was saying earlier, the definition of faith is complete trust. Right. And so the moment that I begin to think that I know what's best for my life is the moment that I stop trusting God. Right. Cause then I'm placing that trust in myself to know what's best for me. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. You lose faith as a result, right? You lose faith in God. Cause then you start placing that faith in yourself to, to give yourself the best life when really none of us will ever be able to do that. <laughs> it's just, we're, we don't have those capabilities. Um, and that's okay. We're, you know, cause God does. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You lose faith. Um, how do you get yourself back on the right track? What do you think? I mean, what what would you say to someone who's, I mean, they're, they're questioning that faith and, and, and like you said, they're putting their faith in themselves then, which, right. you know, where people you, to not how do you always get the faith back. Yeah. Um, uh, that, you know, to some aspect requires an act of surrender. Um, you know, and Jesus says in, you know, uh, I think it's Luke, um, that we have to pick up our cross daily, right? Um, meaning that, you know, put down our own desires and pick up, you know, pick up the cross and follow him. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it's an aspect of, of surrender and um, maybe even repentance, um, you know, confessing that, you know, I, I'm sorry, God, I, you know, thought that this was best and I was wrong. Um, you know, what do you have for me? Right. Gotcha. You oh. know, he's, he's always there 
God doesn't run away from us. Right. So, <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. Yes, I do too. <laughs> uh, I got to kind of, uh, I kind of mash some things here together, which I wanted to ask you this way. If you're a keynote speaker for a high school senior event just before graduation and part of your topic deals with doing favors for others, what would you want them to think about when they left your talk? About doing favors for others. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the questions in your book has to do with uh, when's the last time you did a favor for somebody. <laughs> right. And that's very appropriate because I work with high school seniors quite a bit. Oh, I'm nice. actually going on, on a, a mission trip with uh, some high school seniors this week. Very so. cool. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think especially as a high school senior, like more so than maybe any other time in your life, you're figuring out like, all right, well, like I'm walking out into the world. What am I going to do with my life? Right. Um, and so easily you can get hyper-focused on I, um, that you're not looking to do favors for other people because you're so focused on trying to figure out yourself. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so, Maybe I would just say that, you know, you don't have to have it figured out, <laughs> right? We spend so much of our life trying to figure out what we're supposed to do when God already knows the answer. Like, it's not our job to figure it out. It's, you know, we're following in the path that God has already set for us. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, it's that there is value in, in looking out and serving others and you don't have to have it all figured out. I still don't. I'm 30. So, um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm 27 more years uh, up there and it's, uh, yeah. uh, I got it figured out. So yeah, it, it, yeah. I got to tell this story. Cause I, I like, I, you know, I remember what you're saying. I remember, uh, uh, you know, I was, in, I was in undergrad and, and, uh, focused on, trying to finish and go on with my world and had all kinds of stuff going on. And, um, I'm working, I had a car and I had a car that I liked a lot, but my car also broke down a lot and things like that. And I didn't know much about fixing. No, that's an understatement. I didn't know anything about fixing cars. And, uh, my, uh, uh, one of my attorney brothers one day, I was running late for work and that day my car decided not to work. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I just got to finish class. I'm out there trying to mess with it. I'm in there underneath the hood trying to figure out, you know, is something wrong? And I got mad because I banged my hand on the on the hood of the, the car accidentally. Didn't mean to do that. And got mad, threw the wrench out into the woods. And then got mad at myself because I just threw the wrench out in the woods. And uh, one of my fraternity brothers, he saw me down there. He comes down and he goes, uh, Steve, do you need some help? And he did know cars. All right. And he looked at me and he said, uh, let me see if I mess with this for a minute. And he said, I'm not sure what it is. He goes, but um, you got to go to work, right? And he threw me his keys. He said, go take my car. He goes, by the time you come back, I'm going to have, I'll at least know what's wrong with your car. And I tell that story because when I read your stuff about doing favors and for other people, it was interesting because we weren't best friends or anything like that. We were, you know, I mean, you couldn't be in our fraternity not knowing each other, but we weren't best friends. We didn't do things together unless we were made to type thing. <laughs> and he just threw me his car keys and said, uh, I'll figure it out. And I just think it's interesting um, how, like you were talking about just a minute ago, that's, I try to always kind of remind myself of that day. Cause I, if it, 
I don't know if I would have done the same thing if it, <laughs> if yeah. if I hadn't met him for, you know, if he hadn't done that for me first, because ever since then, I've tried to remember my story of Jack <laughs> um, to try and remind me that uh, when I start thinking too much about myself, I should be looking to do something for somebody else. Right. No, I was just thinking about the what you were talking about, your point of, about favors, because you're talking about it in a couple of different ways. Um, when was the last time you did a favor, and when was the last time, what was the other... I didn't mean to make someone this. did a favor for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think so often our world is just hyper-focused with like making sure our needs are fulfilled and that we can't or like paralyzed into doing anything for anyone else until we know that our needs are cared for first. But that's totally not, you know, in line with scripture. You know, the Bible says that God knows what he, we need. Um, and that he is, you know, faithful and just to provide. Right. And so, um, we're not, you know, he doesn't call us to hyper-focus on ourselves and make sure, you know, that we're taken care of. He calls us to, you know, the two greatest commandments, love God and love others. Right. Neither of those deal with ourselves. So, um, you know, (laughs) yeah. If we all ascribe to those two commandments, like, it's just inherent that our, our needs are taken care of, like as a result. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, we're just, um, I mean, cause obviously doing favors for other people requires us to go outside of ourselves and it, you know, costs us energy and time and resources. And, uh, we can't do that unless we have those resources to give. Right. So if we're not taken care of, then how are we supposed to take care of others? Um, so I think that's how we get stuck into that mindset of like, well, what if, you know, if I do this, will I still have enough to do X, Y, and Z for myself? You know, right. Like we just start worrying and anxiety and none of that is from God. So, um, yes. I um, Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you talking with me about that. I didn't mean to throw it for a loop. I just kind of, it, it's made me think about that when I read the two different ways that you talked about the the favors. And like I said, it was almost like somebody was smacking me in the face that day. <laughs> That's what it felt like because I was like, oh my gosh. And I got to work on time. I wasn't late. Um, right. I was right on time, but only because he tossed me those keys. And when I got back, he had it working, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> he didn't want money. He didn't want anything. <laughs> you know, it's like... And it, it was awesome. And that's why I always, I, in my life, I have my tale of Jack that's just, uh, I'll never forget that, you know. And it's always kind of, kind of haunted me when, <laughs> when I'm being a little selfish, I guess is my point. So, but <laughs> we'll move on from that part. So, you know, Emily, we're getting close to finishing up. If someone wanted to connect with you or learn more, where would you send them? Yeah, well, I am on social media. I'm probably the most active on Instagram, um, and I'm at Emily Bernath author there. I also have uh, a Twitter at Emily Bernath um, and Facebook, and that's uh, at Emily Bernath author on Facebook. And then my website is emilybernathauthor.com. Awesome. I'll have those links in the show notes so people can find those easily. And uh, last two questions. These are questions I just like to ask my guests. You know, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? How do I keep going? Uh, (laughs) That is uh, not 
that's easier said than done a lot of times. And, uh, I, with the second book coming out lately have been very busy. Um, but you know, I think what keeps me going is that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God, like, you know, in growing up, books were my worst nightmare. I hated reading. I still do most days. Sorry. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's definitely, you know, and in college, I was told that I didn't know how to grammatically put a sentence together. So apparently in the eyes of other people, I wasn't very good at writing either. But, um, you know, God doesn't allow the views of other people to define his view of me. And, you know, he called me to write. So, Um, that's really what keeps me going when I feel like I want to quit is that like, you know, this, this was never about me to begin with. And so if I'm making it about me and, um, you know, if that's, what's making me want to quit, then, um, I need to reshift my focus, um, and, and remember why I even got here to begin with, you know, it was never, um, yeah, it was never about me that. I started writing and it should never be about me to why I quit. Gotcha. Great, great answer. Thank you. Last question. Do you have a teacher in your past uh, who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if you got a chance to say thank you? Absolutely. I've had a few of them. Um, Yes. So, um, well, I'll say there was one teacher. I, I was raised Lutheran. Um, and, uh, in catechism school, I had a severe fear of being alone, um, growing up and I was a very quiet person. So I didn't, um, you know, speak my fears, uh, to other people, but it definitely internalized it. Um, and, you know, just one simple thing they said is that, you know, we're never alone because God's always there. And I pretty much was like, went to my house that night and said, God, prove it because I feel pretty alone right now. And if I'm really not alone, can you please take away my fear? And he did immediately. Um, And so from that point on, I knew God was real. Um, Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, I didn't know what having a relationship with God looked like at that point, but um, I was definitely convinced that there was a God there and that he saw me at the very least. Very cool. Thank you. Emily, thanks so much for talking with me today and sharing your books. Uh, The books are Broken Lenses, Identifying Your Truths in a World of Lies, and your newest book, Broken Lenses, Volume 2, Seeing Others' Value in a World of Division. Uh, You have a powerful focus. Keep up your wonderful work and wishing you the well, well in all you do. Thank you. Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. (laughs) 
opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. Thank you.